Speaking of Travel is sponsored by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. When you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Prestige Subaru, outfitting Western North Carolina for adventure with the 2019 Crosstrek. Find out how to make it yours at prestigesubaru.com. And Urban Escape Vehicles, a camper van rental service in Asheville, North Carolina. Get a taste of van life and book your adventure vehicle today. Visit uevrental.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. I send out some timely notes about travel with travel tips and some really great upcoming vacation destination opportunities, including an awesome trip to Cuba in February 2020 with my good friend Benjamin Porter of Small Footprint Travels. So be sure to uh, go on speakingoftravel.net and sign up for the travel club and Be a part of this great group of people that will be traveling all over the world. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much every podcast platform now features Speaking of Travel. Well, as you all know, Music is so important to to me and to all of us, to all of our lives. There's always an emotional connection to it, and it has the power to make us happy or sad. It can relax and calm us. You know, it's hard to think of anything else in the world that has this kind of power. Music is truly a universal language, and people who speak that language of music inspire and excite me. And my guest today truly does both. Evie Layden is a dynamic career performer who has created a very multifaceted career with music and dance and really the intermingling of the two. And Evie is a firm believer that arts integrated in everyday lives makes for healthy people and communities. And she's an amazing educator. Evie, welcome to the show. It is so nice to have you here today. Thank you for having me. So, Evie, I am really getting into knowing who you are and listening to your music. And um, I'm curious, what was it like for you growing up? You you are so vast in everything that you do. (laughs) What was it like for you as a kid? Um, I had a relatively normal childhood, um, uh, although my parents split up at a young age, but both of my parents were really interested in music and dance. Uh, They both loved to dance socially. My mother was an international folk dance teacher when that was all the rage and continued doing that for the entirety of her career um, in a variety of settings. 
And then uh, my father fell, both my parents were born and raised in New York City, but my father fell in love with Southern Appalachian music, uh, American folk music, but specifically, you know, most potently music from your area, from uh, the American South, from the Appalachian Mountains, when he went to Hootenanny at Carnegie Hall in 1958. And um, just so loved uh, this music community. It was, you know, sort of the first big folk revival when a lot of northern audiences were hearing southern music for the first time. And they just, uh, they just raised us with this idea that music and dance is just a part of life, which, of course, it is <laughs> for uh, all cultures throughout time until, you know, the last 60 years or so. Wow, what a great story. Uh, you know, thinking of New Yorkers going to a hootenanny, uh, falling in love with Southern Appalachian music, and then in, in bringing that into your home. Uh, mm-hmm. So as you were growing up, uh, surrounded by all this music and dance and, and love of um, Appalachia music and uh, old-time music, what was your goal as you were moving forward into being a, a, a young adult? Did you start picking up playing when you were uh, still a child, or was that something that was nurtured as you went further into your schooling? How did that unfold? Um, it actually started really early. We started going to folk festivals really early. My mom was teaching groups, international folk dance, and we were always kind of around that environment. And uh, my dad really opened up our house to musicians and cloggers and dancers traveling through the area where we were living in New Jersey at that time. And so they really influenced us, people who were playing music for fun and playing music for careers um, and exploring that whole idea. Um, And then also taking us out of the city to these new ideas of folk festivals where people could camp out and listen to a whole variety of music of really folk music from all over the world um, and just have that really be a part of our social life. And so I remember standing behind my mom at a clogging workshop when I was about five years old and my sister and I picking up the steps and then we just kind of ran with it and we're asking everyone to teach us stuff and we're dancing all the time. And then we started singing uh, singing songs in harmony together. And then uh, there was a real well-known group uh, from the north, the New Lost City Ramblers, that I remember the banjo player, John Cohen, was staying at our house once, and he said, you girls should play the banjo. And so when I was about eight years old, we started banjo lessons um, with uh, and also pretty well-known banjo player from North Carolina now uh, who lived nearby at the time named Bob Carlin. And so we had weekly banjo lessons, and I don't know, it's pretty unusual for where we were, but um, it just created this whole very far-reaching social community that just was always engaging in music and dance. I feel so lucky to have had that influence. And neither of my parents actually played music, um, but they loved it and were always around it, and they loved dancing. And so music and dance were kind of inseparable um, and not something we could rebel against. (laughs) You were indeed very lucky. I, what a just the the contrast of being in New Jersey of all places, but opening up your home to uh, musicians and people traveling through 
and then for you to be able to travel yourself with your mom and your dad and going to the festivals and uh, and creating a really large world view, how did you decide as you were growing up what direction you wanted to take as far as creating uh a sustainable career in everything that was interesting to you? You know, um, that's a really good question because like so many um, things, if you really follow your heart and you follow what you want to do, I, as an adult found eventually that I was, I was already doing the career um, that I was developing, you know, as I was wondering what I was going to do, or I just kept pursuing different music and dance opportunities and was just really interested in it. Um, and it became a career and I feel really fortunate that I found outlets because it's also, you know, my, my path is not a normal one, even in terms of music and dance. I didn't go to music school. I didn't study, um, I didn't study dance, you know, through uh, a dance school or any traditional methods. It was really more in the folk vein, but it meant all different kinds of social dance and couple dance and especially percussive dance, different styles of foot percussion. Um, and when I was a teenager, a friend who is a, a banjo player in the old time music scene, but had been doing his ethnomusicology research in Ghana, West Africa, came to the fiddle and dance camp where uh, we would go every summer and introduced me to these African polyrhythms. And this light bulb went off because the African influence is so big. African and Native American influence are so big in Southern Appalachian music. It's that mix of white, black, and brown in the American South that really was the birth of the first, you know, miscegenated American music and dance styles. And uh, this light bulb went off that this was like one of the things really at the heart of the music that I'd been singing and playing and participating in all along. And so when I went to college, I just really pursued all of this information about Africa, African studies, drumming, dance. And that's where um, I went to Brown University and really uh, had some great mentors, both in dance and in African studies who just kept encouraging me to go down this path and research it and explore and choreograph. Um, you know, when I got out of college, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do with all of that because, uh, again, it wasn't really traditional methods of getting into music or dance. Well, and Evie... Also, at that time, uh, people were getting jobs. There wasn't, you know, a DIY music world where independent artists were branching out into the industry. Wow. Well, we're going to look forward to hearing your music at the break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you more about um, how you uh, leaped off from there and uh, traveled to Africa. I'm here with Evie Layden. She is an amazing artist, musician, and dancer. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel.
With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. It's summertime in Subieville, which means it's time for adventure here in western North Carolina. Or more aptly, time to get outdoors and outgoing down a road less traveled. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And off the beaten path, nothing says tough like the tried and true reliability of an all-wheel drive Subaru. There's a reason why 97% of Subarus sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today and ready for the next adventure. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Your adventures don't stay in one place, so why should you? Take a road trip in a camper van that's pet-friendly, comfortable, and ready for adventure. Urban Escape Vehicles is a camper van rental service in Asheville, North Carolina. For some local camping ideas, check us out on Instagram at urban underscore escape underscore vehicles or visit uevrental.com and use coupon code radio to receive a 20% discount on your first camper van rental. That's UEVrental.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and we're here talking with Evie Layden. Evie is a, just a dynamic career performer. She's had a incredibly multifaceted career and evie thank you so much for for speaking to us from uh oakland california today uh-huh so evie we were talking about uh when you were at brown university and uh you had become so immersed in studying african dance and drumming and um tell us about what happened next in in the evolution of those studies? Well, my first time out of the country was as a semester abroad. I went to Nigeria and studied in Nigeria. Um, was mostly looking at dance and music traditions, but also, you know, really the anthropology and sociology and history um, that really helped mold a lot of American music and dance um, and culture in general. And then uh, when I graduated, I got a Fulbright uh, to go back and study, and I was in eastern Nigeria, and I studied with several groups, um, different groups, not always the big ones, um, was really struck by how you travel a very short distance, and the music and dance traditions are so different. And it's interesting, because here we always say African dance, you know, or African music, and yet, obviously, it's an enormous continent with uh, so many different ethnic groups that each have their own style. So, you know, one of the ones that really drew me in a lot was the Tiv music and dance. And Tiv are a people that a lot of people have not heard of um, outside of, you know, anyone who's really studied Africa. And it's funny because one of the things that spoke to me is their music really reminded me of Zydeco. And I love finding these confluences between things that we might be familiar with here in the United States or 
you know, as this country has developed with influences from, you know, immigrants from all over the world and seeing how their music and dance traditions change. And that's a part of my, you know, sort of more academic or intellectual study of it. But at a certain point, I realized that rather than talk about it or research it, I really wanted to be doing it. So when you came back from Nigeria, you took up studying more dance. What happened then? Um, I was in New York City for a while, and I was taking a lot of different dance classes and um, just working uh, with any jobs I could find. And pretty soon after that, I was invited to join a percussive dance company called Rhythm in Shoes that was based in the Midwest. And what was that about? It was an ensemble of with a live band and about eight dancers or about 15 people on the road. And it was a professional company who did a lot of touring all around the country um, with a mix of traditional and contemporary percussive dance. So it started out as a clogging group, um, doing traditional clogging routines with old-time string band music. But then we branched out to doing, you know, a variety of percussive dance styles, um, English and Irish and doing some hand bone and uh, body percussion, body music. Um, and then uh, the artistic directors, Sharon Lakey and Rick Good, really did a lot of uh, writing and creating contemporary choreography. So it was pretty unusual to have this foundation of very traditional art forms and then to really branch out of it because it is a living tradition. Um, and so it was nice to be so grounded in this uh, in, in a very old form, and yet creating new things from it. Well, you really went full circle. I, I am thinking of the small child, Evie, who was clogging mm -hmm. in your living room, uh, now in a professional touring ensemble uh, and stretching those boundaries. How did you feel at that point? Did you did you feel that um, that the dancing was the direction you wanted to go, or were you feeling like you know I want to do more? You know, um, dancing was really my first love. Playing music was always something I did for fun and on the side, playing and singing. And you know, years later, I realized I had been writing songs since I was pacing up and down on the bus stop in junior high school. And um, just kind of really being influenced by a variety of country music styles and percussive dance. But my focus was dance. And in the dance company, I was primarily a dancer, though we did some singing and some playing. Uh, but it was really my professional training because we were on big stages, um, you know, with quick costume changes and everything was very precise. So um, when we were on the road, I was often writing songs, you know, in the off time. There's a lot of off time. And this was also before the Internet, so <laughs> so you weren't distracted by your phone, you know, and scrolling through other things. You know, I could just really let my mind wander and, and create things. And I was very quickly interested in creating new choreographies and using all the information I had to, to do that. Um, but, you know, my senior year of college, I was actually involved in a pretty bad accident. I was hit by a car riding my bicycle to a dance rehearsal and uh, broke my leg and my wrist and really had an impact on my ability to 
do full dance performances. Um, after several years, after about eight years, um, I was experiencing a lot of numbness in one of my legs and couldn't quite uh, articulate um, as much as I would like to. I couldn't be as precise as I would like to. Um, and I was ready to move on from that dance company after almost a decade and that's when I met my current uh, musical partner and my husband and ended up moving out to California where things took quite a different turn. <laughs> and that was, when was that? That was your senior year in college that that happened? Senior year in college was when I had the accident uh, when I was in the dance company for about a decade. I see. So moving to California, that must have been a big, uh, a big change for you. It was. I don't think I ever would have come out here had it not been for meeting him. And he had kids already out here and was divorced. And um, so I moved out here to see what that was all about. And uh, I'm happy to say we have a a 20-year-old, very successful marriage and um, a child of our own. And um, I really looked into a lot of percussive dance opportunities while I was out here very quickly fell into the a very welcoming old-time music community. And uh, within a couple of months, I found myself in an all-girl old-time string band. And so at that time, music uh, became a much bigger priority and emphasis. And I feel like I spent the next decade really becoming a professional musician as well. And continued to write the songs, too, correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. So you'd been writing songs since you were junior high, and now here you are writing them and performing them. How did that feel? You know, it took it took a while for me to really build the confidence in that, but I somehow, and I think I, I got this some from my mom, because, you know, teaching international folk dance is, is an interesting career path, and she wasn't sure how she was going to make a living and how she was going to make it work, but she pieced together a lot, just kept following what it was she wanted to do. Um, and somehow I, I feel very lucky, but I also really worked hard at all the avenues at which I could make a living because honestly, I've been working since I'm 12 years old and I always approached this as a trade, um, that, you know, my skills already were quite unusual in terms of industry standard music and dance careers. And yet in the folk music world, it's a, it's a really beautiful community. It's very participatory. Um, I started calling square dances cause I was meeting musicians who really wanted to play for square dances and, uh, got my mom's old square dance books and, um, was really working on my singing and songwriting. And at the same time, um, my partner is most well-known for body music, as he calls it, because it uses also melody and harmony, not just body percussion. And uh, collaborating with him on a variety of projects led me into bringing the, all the Appalachian and the different studies that I'd done into a lot of international collaboration. Evie, so I, yeah. we're going to take a break here for a minute, but when we come mm-hmm. back, I want to pick up right there, talk a little bit more about um, your partnership with your hubby and what you do uh, with Keith and, uh, and where you are today. So, Evie, mm-hmm. thank you. This is Marilyn Ball with Speaking of Travel. We'll be right back. 
Floating in the sunlight, close my eyes and smile. Water be my lover, only for a while. My baby left me This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. What happens when you're traveling and suddenly you have a minor medical issue? Are you prepared? If you're close to a drugstore, then maybe. But often in our travels, we may not have easily accessible ground transportation. We may be in a more remote area or even in a different country where navigating a solution could be difficult. That's why every traveler should prepare a small first aid kit. The essentials for the kit could include pain medications such as aspirin or ibuprofen, anti-allergy medications such as Benadryl, a few cold medicine capsules, um, stomach upset medication, basic first aid such as bandages, first aid cream, chapstick, Vaseline, antiseptic wipes, and maybe a pair of tweezers. Be sure to leave all the medications in their original packaging in case customs officials need to check your kit. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport, take the easy way out. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. Hi, I'm Melody, and I want to tell you about my camper van rental service in Asheville, North Carolina. If you enjoy camping and road trips or want to try out van life for yourself, you might want to check us out. You can rent a camper van that's pet-friendly, comfortable, and ready for adventure. Look us up on Instagram at urban underscore escape underscore vehicles or visit the website at uevrental.com. At Urban Escape Vehicles, we are adventure driven. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and it's time to catch up with our tour guide on the Gourmet Highway, Doc Lawrence. And today, Doc is in one of my favorite places and one of his favorite places, Key West, Florida. Hey, Doc. You know, some of my fondest memories are from our trip to Key West a few years ago. I can't tell you how much I wish I was there with you right now in that island paradise. Marilyn, you know... Old Doc got a little burned out the last couple of weeks. I've been traveling in a lot of places, covering a lot of miles, and it's hot this time of year in the South, as you well know. So I've wound my way down to the end of America. Yes, greetings, Marilyn, and everyone from Margaritaville, known by Cubans as Stella Mara, and to you, me, and all Americans as Key West. Yes, this is the end of the road, zero mile post. I came down on US-1, the fabled overseas highway, 
connecting the Keys with mainland Florida. Maryland, this is the best view of the ocean in the western world. It's almost 100 miles of ocean on both sides, and it's transformational, it's inspirational, and it sure is beautiful. Maryland Key West was once part of Cuba, and the Manana lifestyle hovers here like a security blanket. No one hurries, period. The phone can ring and go into voicemail. So what? The emails don't get answered here. And Facebook posts, well, they're totally irrelevant. This is not what we do here. We eat, we drink, we fish, we sleep, we dance, we love, and we enjoy. What counts here really by the day is breakfast by the ocean, and then lunch before a siesta. And at five o'clock, why, it's partying with the fabulous sunset just waiting on you. And then later, fine dining before hopping around Mallory Street and Mallory Square and Duval Street for the countless clubs and bars that are endless. Yes, the living's good here in the tropical America, Maryland, but Key West is not a shrine dedicated to mediocrity. No, not at all. This is a great art center. Key West is the home now and once home to the great legends of our culture, James Audubon. His home here is an art museum. It is beautiful. You can't take your eyes off of the walls and the majestic paintings of the tropical birds. Ernest Hemingway lived here, as you know, because we visited together, Maryland. And Papa wrote many of his novels while living here in his beautiful home, still owned by his estate, by the way. And Papa entertained guests like Ingrid Bergman, Gary Cooper, Ava Gardner at this beautiful facilities which we visited together and enjoyed so much. Remember the studio that we had to walk across the bridge to where Papa wrote in the mornings and his old typewriter sitting there just as he wrote The Old Man in the Sea here. The Picasso painting given to him by the great artist in Paris is still on the bedroom wall. The well-stocked bar with rum, with vodka, with whatever he enjoyed the army of cats all over the grounds with that fabled extra toe. Tennessee Williams lived here, and the great playwright said that he wrote many of his plays in many different places, but he always wrote better here in Key West. That's a hint that the living's good and the mind and the soul is rejuvenated when you plunge into this wonderful culture in what they call the Kant Republic. This is not part of the United States in their mind, yet technically it is. It's separate because this is paradise. Well, Maryland, I'm headed over to Ballery Square, and i got to get in line to get a good place to watch the sunset, joining the many hundreds on this daily ritual. And yes, I'm going to have me a Papa Doble. That's the special daiquiri created in honor of Ernest Hemingway. Then I'm going to go get dressed for dinner at a friend's house on Olivia Street, near the Hemingway home. So for now, this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball, and speaking of travel, at the very end of the Gourmet Highway in lovely, romantic Key West, Florida, saying so long, and I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Oh, Doc, I miss that place so much. We'll definitely have to meet there again soon, my friend. Keep having fun, Doc, and remember, travel slowly. You can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. 
Speaking to us today from Oakland, California, is Evie Layden. Evie is a musician, a dancer, a teacher, a mother, a wife. Evie, you have a lot of hats going on, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good life. It is a good life. So now you're, you've been settled out there in California for quite some time. You, you have a wonderful uh, community. And tell us a little bit about your teaching. Um, I teach everything that I know. Um, sometimes I teach dance, but um, I, I have over the years. I teach clogging, percussive dance, uh, body music. Um, I teach a lot about uh, holding culture in the body and how dance styles and physical expression changes as people migrate around the world um, and how that feels in the body, how that translates into the arts. I teach old-time harmony singing, and I teach Clawhammer banjo, both live and online through an outfit called Peghead Nation. Wow, that keeps you pretty busy, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. And you also perform pretty regularly. Talk about that a little bit. I do. I tour um, often with my band or my partner, Keith Cherry, as a duo. He's also in the band. It's a trio. And we perform concerts. We always, you know, it's it's largely around the songs that I've written, um, mixed in with traditional repertoire, but always with our spin on it. And we always have dance and percussive dance as a part of our concerts. So it's a really uh, multifaceted show. It's really entertaining. And then I also perform with Keith in a variety of ensembles that um, are founded around body music and a lot of them involve intercultural communication, inter- intercultural collaboration. Um, and so I bring all of these, this foundation in Appalachian music, dance, and culture, and also uh, contemporary ideas into my work um, with him. And then I have a, a all-female body music moving choir that has been developing that creates... Um, I. I've been reuniting African polyrhythmic systems with Appalachian music in uh, more contemporary choreographies that sort of explore this uh, dynamic. Evie, you are so multifaceted, and and your life is is very similar to um, the way that you put all these collaborations into the music and the dance with the West African and the Afro-Cuban and the African-American and Indonesian, Mm -hmm. blending everything together. Your life is a blending of all of that. How can somebody get in touch with you? How can we find out more? Well, I have a website, which is my name, evieladen.com, E-V-I-E-L-A-D-I-N. And uh, I am the only Evie Layden on the Internet. <laughs> well, there you go. You're going to be easy to find. Well, when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the um, just the work that you're doing, where you're going in the future. And uh, just there's just, like I said, you're so multifaceted, Evie. It's going to be a pleasure to, to find out more. I'm here with Evie Layden. We're talking music and dance and community collaboration. This is Marilyn Ball, your host. We'll be right back. Forgive me a moment. 
been here before Same old worn floorboards and cracks in the ceiling Lord, I love coming home But give me a moment and you'll find me restless Jump up, head out on the road A few days of life on the schedule You'll find me ready to jump up and go Jump up and go Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Your adventures don't stay in one place, so why should you? Take a road trip in a camper van that's pet-friendly, comfortable, and ready for adventure. Urban Escape Vehicles is a camper van rental service in Asheville, North Carolina. For some local camping ideas, check us out on Instagram at urban underscore escape underscore vehicles or visit uevrental.com and use coupon code radio to receive a 20% discount on your first camper van rental. That's uevrental.com. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I do want to remind everybody, Chow Chow is coming, so mark your calendars. That's September 12th through 15th. It's an Asheville Culinary Event. This is going to be one awesome festival. Three days, uh, Jose Andres is going to be here cooking paella on the streets in a uh, over an open fire. I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. So save the date. That's September 12th through 15th in Pack Square. You can go to chowchowashville.com for more information. And I'm here today with Evie Layden. And Evie, you're, you're, the, the scope of everything you do is just so um, collaborative. I love that about you, that you bring in so many different uh, people and and cultures. Let's talk a little bit about how you are bringing all of this into your music and and bringing it out to the public. Well, um, I mean, I have four albums of original music that I've written uh, that reflects a lot of the influences that I feel, and then there are a variety of dance projects. Um, I just, I don't separate music and dance and also having this percussive dance element means, you know, often the body is creating the percussion in the music that we're playing. And not always, you know, we always also use drums and my partner Keith Terry is a, is a drummer first and, and also a dancer. And, uh, so we collaborate a lot, um, 
mixing music and dance. And you have some new music out. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, this past year I put out two new records. Um, one of them is my fourth record of original songs, and they're all brand new, and they've been really fun to tour and play live for people. And then uh, the other one is the first record I've put out of traditional music, where in my travels, because I tour quite a bit, um, over the previous year I recorded fiddle and banjo duets with 17 different fiddle players all over the country, and um, that's called Riding the Rooster. And so that's uh, with all of the work that I do in traditional arts, I finally have a CD of traditional music that's just some great fiddle tunes. And how can somebody uh, gain access to, to these new CDs? Um, they're all available on my website, evladen.com, but also through all the usual methods, uh, Bandcamp, CD Baby, iTunes, Spotify, etc. But, you know, as you probably know, streaming pays the artists uh, as little as artists can be paid. So if you really want to support music, the best ways to do it is to buy things from the musician and especially to go out and hear live music. Absolutely. Which is good for you anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. And tell us about your touring. Are you uh, are you touring now? How how is that working for you? Um, I just landed home from a really busy summer uh, performing and teaching at a variety of festivals and camps uh, all over the country. I was in the Pacific Northwest. I was in the Sierras. I was out in Asheville area near you um, and up in West Virginia. And so I do hit various places around the country all year and then tour quite a bit internationally. Um, the last 10 years, uh, Keith Terry and I have been producing the International Body Music Festival and that is a festival that's also been produced internationally, and we celebrated our 10th one in Ghana, West Africa, last summer, um, kind of bringing me full circle back to West Africa, which was really exciting. That is so exciting. I'm getting goosebumps. It's just such a, a beautiful um, love story of a love of what you're doing and how it's creating just all these amazing opportunities for you. But I do want to talk a little bit about what you're referring to as the body music. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, body music is a term that my husband coined about 40 years ago. He was a jazz drummer working with tap dancers. And at some point he stood up and started doing it on his body. And I grew up in, you know, Southern Appalachian arts with Hambone being, you know, a real part of uh, body percussion. But we also include voice and melody and harmony in that, and it's really the oldest music in the world. Um, there are traditions of using the body to make music, singing, foot percussion, clapping, um, various ways of hitting the body, um, using the body to make sound. And so uh, he, for many years, had had this idea of bringing people from all over the world and different cultures together. And so in creating the International Body Music Festival, it really did that and kind of solidified the idea of body music as a genre in and of itself that has really exploded since then. And and you've created a festival around that? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Um, he was the artistic director and I was the executive director. And for 10 years, we produced a big festival. And now we've moved into doing mini fests 
um, which are really uh, building community in different places. And the next one is this fall in Athens, Greece. Oh, well, that sounds lovely. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be amazing. I'm not going to be able to attend, but uh, Keith is actually, at this moment, he's in Finland teaching body music. He travels a lot internationally. It's really taken off in Europe and South America especially, and eventually we hope that the trend will come here. There are little pockets here and there, but just like all of the music and dance I've done, it exists in subcultures that are really potent when people have the opportunity to experience them. Absolutely. And and the theme uh, you know, throughout this conversation is around building community and collaboration and really being able to reach so many uh, men and women and children. You mentioned you had a son when you were gigging all those years. Was he hanging out with you guys? Yeah, he was on tour with us um, until he quit when he was 12. And then we kind of figure we just figure it out. We have a community that helps care for him and family. And um, he's really he's been all around the world with us uh, many times. And that's really come out in his own art form. He is a, a producer. He makes beats. And all of this influence, you know, it's very different from the music that we make, which is primarily acoustic. We're stripping it down to the body and acoustic instruments. And here he is putting all that information into electronic media. That is so great. Someday I'll have to have him on the show so he can talk to us about what it was like for him. Well, Evie, this has been just such a pleasure getting to know you and um, and everything that you've been doing all through your life, starting out when you were just a little, a little child and being immersed in such a wonderful community. I want to make sure that everybody knows where they can get in touch with you and uh, tell us again your your website and any other social media where people can get more information. Yeah, it's evieladen.com, E-V-I-E-L-A-D-I-N. And um, we have a Facebook page and on Instagram and Twitter, all under my name, Evie Layden. And uh, the music is out there, the traditional music, the new music. Uh, Body Music Festival is out there, internationalbodymusicfestival.com. And then it's host uh, nonprofit arts organization, Cross Pulse. Crosspulse.com is a place uh, that I also work through. Um, I'm the assistant artistic director uh, for that organization. And through the, uh, that is really Keith Terry's organization that does a lot of intercultural collaboration projects. Wow. You, your, your legacy is, is, vast Evie you are you are leaving thank and you. you bad uh, and thank you and you know and I'm thanking you for uh for so many for all those kids that you are touching annually and and all the people that come to your square dances and your performances and are learning uh you know the world is a big place but music and dance are definitely the universal language right Yes, and people actually need it for, you know, mental health to be participating with other people in singing and dancing and playing. I can't stress it enough. Well, there you go. Well, thank you, Evie, for being with us today. We look forward to uh, finding out more, listening to your music, and um, and just getting to know you. And next time you're in Asheville, North Carolina, you need to look us up. 
I will do that. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Well, this is Marilyn Ball, your host of Speaking of Travel. I want you to go out this week and dance. Dance and sing. In fact, why don't you dance and sing while you're taking a hike and being out in nature and just explore what that feels like and feel connected to the earth and to yourself, to your body, to the universe, and really uh, let it all out and be one with, with everything. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Joy. 